afternoon at Suncorp Stadium. Instead, it was another Raw match that produced plenty of drama and talking points. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, back for the DFS Fan Network for another week. On top of our regular A-League discussion, we also have a special segment previewing W League, which kicks off this weekend. It's James and Scott here as per usual, and with Adam off playing Captain Jack Sparrow on the high speeds, high seas, <laughs> this is why I try and don't do my normal intro. With Adam playing Captain Jack Sparrow on the high seas, we brought in a special guest from the Women's Game website, Angela Bassett. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thank yes. you for having me. Welcome, Angela. Well done with that intro, James. You got there eventually. <laughs> Three times. <Yeah. laughs> Are we sure James is, Adam's not dodging you because Everton lost 5-2 to Arsenal? Are we sure that's oh. not why he's not here? Yeah, that could actually be that why. Might, I think that's more why he's not here. This holiday thing's a mirage. Not really a way. Although, if he is playing Captain Jack Sparrow, he put in a much more convincing performance than <laughs> 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 movie. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a special interview with Mel Andretta coming up as well. But let's get into segment one, the A-League recap. The Raw lost their second straight home game 2-1 on a dramatic Sunday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium. Scott, how much did that suck? Oh my goodness, where do you want to start with this? Let's start with the team lineup, okay? So okay. Eric Bortiak started, Brett Holman back in. Mm-hmm. Signs of optimism initially, maybe? Yeah, I thought Bortiak was quite good in the first half. I thought he got, he's struggling to get involved like to some degree because he's getting to know his new teammates, but he showed enough that he's got plenty of potential. I think it'll be really good this year. I thought that they worked quite well to some degree. I think they'll get better, but they started so sluggishly as a team for me. Like, the first 10 minutes, the first 20 minutes even, was really sluggish. It's something different from the Raw, yeah. though, when you think about it. And um, the addition uh, the addition of him to yeah. the squad, though, was good, but he did struggle yeah. um, in the style of play that Raw had been happening. There, the Raw way, yeah. whatever that is, actually. Is kind of <laughs> that changing by the week, the Raw way, by the way? <laughs> the Raw way changes <laughs> month to month. You kind of expect yeah. that a little bit, though, given he did land at, what, 2 o'clock Wednesday mm-hmm. morning yeah. or something, yeah. which... Backing up there is quite impressive. I was a little bit surprised that he started, though. I would have considered maybe bringing him off the bench on 45 or 60 minutes. In saying that, um, I don't think the bench, that what they have and have had, had in the past few weeks, has that potency. Maybe bringing them on, um, especially Scapides, yeah. and them on um, as a substitute would be better because they don't have that urgency coming on and starting. Well, Aloisi said that way, by starting him, it at least meant that he could just run him for as long as he had yeah. in his legs. and. It was kind of previewed in the media from Marco a couple of days before the game. He was going to start in that thing anyway. So it wasn't much of a surprise on game day when it got there. But yeah. I don't know. It was a little bit of a surprise. So it was the second game of Jade North at fullback. Uh-huh. He started off on the right. And I'm still mm-hmm. going with his there to provide a little bit more defensive cover in the absence of Thomas Christensen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably true, but it's hurting the team so much going forward because he just doesn't get forward enough to create the overlaps and across. You saw when Jack Ingett came on on the right. That's where the goal came from. Well, they did Someone getting Corey forward. Brown. And then the Corey Brown went off the left. They didn't have that on the left. So I think that's where not having two attacking-minded fullbacks is hurting them. So as soon as Christensen can get back, they'll be much better for it. If that is what the reason genuinely is. That's my theory and I'm sticking yeah. to it. It's going it. to hurt them, though, losing Corey Brown to yeah. the hamstring injury. Don't, I'm not too sure who, if they're going to keep Jack in the squad or not. Oh, you'd say get to it later, but say that's probably the way to go, right? Mm. And you could see there was... 
I don't want to say an imbalance, but there did seem to be a real desire to just really get down that right. I would, side. I would call it an imbalance. Once it came on, yeah, it was ca- basically let's just get everything down the right. Because before that, it was to go down the left with Corey Brown. Mm. So I, I'd definitely call it an imbalance. Mm. One thing that did stand out as a bit of a positive as well, I thought they were much more effective tackling in midfield and much better with the high press because you did see quite a lot of the time the Raw were able to pin Newcastle in their own half. It, it is true. They they did. Um, it was better than previous start to the season. Um, but in saying that, they weren't able to keep it up for the yeah. whole game, which is a problem. And considering that they're supposed to be playing ninety minutes of football, they should be able to continue that press and that tackling. And by ability. week three, you expect them to be at that level. Mm. And yeah, well, overall, like that's one thing that kind mm. of bugged me a little bit was the sporadic intensity all across mm. the park. Like whoever it was, like they'd work really hard to get the ball back, but then they'd get it and then sort of just be faced with a really static lineup in front of them. There was one point, I think it was with about five minutes to go, where they tried to play it down the right and it was just, everyone was just standing still. There were about five yeah. or six options. And There's not enough movement off the ball at the moment, is there? No. And even in defence as well, like you saw uh, the ball in from Vujicic, I think it was. For, for the, the first, first goal, yeah, it was yeah. Vujicic, yeah. yep. It was a... Nice little run from O'Donovan and a fantastic ball in. Maybe Theo could have claimed it? Oh, I do think the last mm. resort of not blaming someone that goes to the goalkeeper, I do think the defence should have tightened up. They know how yeah. potent O'Donovan is. He scored four goals before the game. Th- yeah, it was four fifth, goals going into the game. Yep, yeah. fifth goal in the game. And you should be tight on a player that's going to be able to score goals like that. It shouldn't be a second thought and you shouldn't He's gone be relying on your goalkeeper. He's two defenders as well. Yeah, two straight through them. Which you might even have to say, like, is a good run as well. Like, you can kind of see why a lot of Raw yeah. fans were clamouring for Roy O'Donovan to come in in the first mm-hmm. place. Like, when he was a free agent, I mean. Yeah. Like, signed. yeah. Oh, I'm really having a good day today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the Raw got their goal. It was a nice little ball uh, in from Jack Hingett, again, down the right-hand yep. side, which is, I think, going to be a little bit of a theme for this segment. Yep. Uh, uh, Bortiak slid in, and I'll tell you what, I love the optimism... <laughs> Well, yeah, at first I did think he touched it, but after watching the replays, because I was not at the game, I was like, why is he trying to claim it? It didn't even touch it. Did he it even didn't try and claim it? Like, the Raw tried to claim it yeah, for him, I was but... Like, think, it wasn't even close. I think Macaroni actually had a better case for it. Yeah. <laughs> the ball did go in off the knee of Nigel Bugard yeah. in the end. And one thing that I noticed after the uh, goal went in, where Macaroni, I think, he went up to Bugard and it seemed like Bugard was ready for a bit of a, you know, smart-ass comment. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, nah, that's okay, that happens, and just went back. Mm. Bugard must hate playing at Suncorp Bowl. Didn't he get sent off last year or the year before? My he got sent off a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember he got sent off at Adelaide. Yeah. I got sent off at Suncorp once as well. I think that was 15, 16, because I remember watching that when I was up in the Wit Sundays. Okay. Mm. We'll go Being with that. stuck watching Foxtel go on my iPad. That's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's an issue that I'll get into. On that's not the VAR iPad you're talking about, is it? <laughs> no, but we'll get to the VAR in a second. But uh, they kind of let themselves down almost straight away with a fantastic strike from Dimi Petrados, where yep. uh, the guy I was seeing with Gordon said, you put him in a raw shirt, that one's winding up at the corner flag, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and we think the one team who would know how to defend Dimi mm. Petrados, this should be the raw. The way they're backing off him there is... That's not great defending. They even backed off him during the Ulsan Hyundai game in the Asian Champions yeah. League. They just let him have all this space. Yeah. I'm not too sure why that was happening and what Alawisi was thinking well, with doing that. They'd well, seen him yeah. shoot when he was with the Raw. <laughs> 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 I, I, Look, I, I, yeah. I, one out of 20 Petrados. goes in, all right. I lo- yeah, I love Petrados, like his ability to hit a long-range shot. Unfortunately, he had kind of the same habit of Luke Bratton where mm. if he gets the ball 25 to 30 metres from goal, he thinks, 
I can do this. <laughs> and just lets a rocket fly. Yeah, sometimes they are like one-off shots. He does get them <laughs> yeah. in sometimes. Sometimes they just go, well, way off the mark. But And as we can hear in our introduction, it does work sometimes for Luke Bratton when there's a Premier's plate on yeah. the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was a bit of a deflating thing to happen going into yeah. this, going into the halftime break because you kind of thought, okay, back to 1-1. Things are going well now. And... It just ruined any momentum that was potentially building that, didn't it? And it was a great finish as well. You've got to give mm. Jimmy some credit for the finish. It was really good. So. Mm. Like, and that's one of the... You look at Theo and go, yeah, you were stuffed there no matter <laughs> what. Like, you couldn't do anything mm. with that. It was strange, though, considering he had hit... Um, I can't remember what game it was, but he did hit a goal similar to that um, round two, maybe? Like the like previous round. And it was a good goal. Yeah. So you would think that Raw, having seen that goal, would have kept marking yeah. him a bit more. Yeah. All right, so... In the second half, I'm just going through my notes from the game now. <laughs> so on the break in the second half, Jets, Jets were really packed in and able to outnumber them. They're, when they did win the ball back, it was a lot of the time there was, you know, three against six, four against seven, and it really made it hard for them to get the ball forward quickly. And then, yeah, there was a, <laughs> a, a brutal moment. There's oh, yeah. no delicate way to talk about this. Ronald Vargas had his leg broken quite, mm. quite badly. Yeah, that was really bad to watch. It's the second one I've seen in the week because obviously I'm watching the NBA during the week and Gordon Hayward's horrific injury. And, uh, it's horrendous watching these. I couldn't actually see it from my vantage because I had the two players at the back to me. So at the first, it did look like a genuine 50 50. And when you see the replays, it's bad. It still was a 50 50. It still was a 50 50. It didn't look as bad. It was just that Vargas's foot went under the wrong way when he tried yeah. to go in to claim the ball again. And it was. It was awful to watch on TV yeah. itself, and knowing that he is going to be out of the game for an extended period of time is a sad thing for the Jets. It's He's definitely out for the year, isn't he? Watch. He was good, yeah. And it did kind of, they did kind of luck out, though, like the Roar in a way, because they had a doctor, a surgeon who specialised in that sitting in the crowd yeah. that they were able to call on almost straight away. <laughs> so. But uh, what really stood out for me, well, two things, actually. First of all, I heard a crack when that happened oh, in my okay. seat, and I'm like, my seats are just behind the Roar, bench a few rows up I actually thought it was shin pad on shin pad mm. when I heard it and it was just like oh okay that's not good and then you saw like the raw in a promising attack position you'd normally think Matt Mackay would be there saying yeah. go here go here he was standing over Vargas screaming get on get on this mm. is bad because like, the player went off for another 5-10 seconds before they stopped it didn't they yeah, yeah. and the only reason it stopped was because Mackay pretty much <laughs> shouted at the referee yeah. to stop the game because someone was down it really paid off Mackay screaming at the <laughs> yeah. time, uh, and he was quite shaken up as well. I think top to bottom, everyone on the field Yeah, I think was. everyone was. It's hard not to be. And, and it does become a problem because there are a lot of people saying it was Mackay's fault because they believe it wasn't a 50-50 yeah. challenge. But you got to feel for when Mackay reads those comments because know, knowing him, having met him a few times, he would take that to heart. He would think that he personally hurt Vargas. Yeah, uh, it absolutely was. Like, didn't Mackay even have the ball in Vargas challenge? Yeah, it was kind of well, like, yeah. yeah. They both went into it. Yeah, like it was one of those we both want the ball equally and are going to go for it no matter what. And what ninety nine times out of a hundred, the players walk away with just a little bruise or something. Didn't the referee actually signal like a play on advantage yeah, for Roar, Roar as well? It yeah, was a Roar advantage. So. so initially he thought it was a foul by Vargas. So. Vargas did go in two feet. Yeah, and yeah, the the borderline heartless thing to say here, which I'll take full responsibility for, that probably saved him from a yellow card. Mm. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway. Then we thought the Raw had managed to equalise through Massimo Macaroni yeah. with a fantastic little finish there. Speaking of Matt Mackay shouting at the referee. <laughs> three minutes later, the VAR overturned it for an offside at the start of the play. Now, I 
deliberately left this quite late in the segment so that we don't spend the next okay. 20 minutes screaming about <laughs> it. Technically, in the build-up, Macaroni was offside when mm-hmm. I think it was Holman or Mackay won the ball, ball back. Obviously, I haven't tried to watch this game back too often to keep my blood pressure down. <laughs> but, yeah, Mackay won the ball back, played it to Macaroni in an offside position, and yep. what bugs me about the reaction to a lot of this is the fact that people still don't understand the offside rule. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, just because you come back into an onside position doesn't change the fact that when the call of offside is made, it's when the ball is played, not when you come back. I also think that the problem was how far back should the VAR go to determine if it was an offside? That's also the thing. But also, was Matt Mackay playing at the ball on purpose? I think he was. I think he was as well. He was sticking his foot out on purpose. But and to your point, Ben Wilson was talking today. He was saying that it's and as soon as you win the ball back from then until you score, mm-hmm. if there's no turnover in play or anything, or no disputed possession, they can check it. Yeah. So even though it was, five, it was 10 seconds before the goal was scored, they can check it based on that. And that's one thing that does definitely need yeah. to be cleared up by the referees and when they're doing that kind of thing. Because I do think the VAR came in a bit prematurely into the league. Some things weren't sorted out the yeah. way they should be. Yeah, it was a little bit of a... Well, I think that's because the A-League's uh, one of the guinea pigs, essentially, mm-hmm, for FIFA much. bringing this yeah. style. The Serie A has it now as well. It's not the only league yeah. around the world that has it. But. Look, I'm, I've said it before when they introduced it last year... I think the most important thing is to get the right call. It sucks when it goes against your team. It was a real punch in the guts. But they got the call yeah. right. Mm. And I'm That's fine the I'm fine with the going back to the start of the attacking yeah. move. Like yeah. It's frustrating. Yep. You, players and fans have every right to be annoyed. But like a lot of things we're seeing in sport now, it might have been a correct application of a bad rule, but... It's still the rule. Still the rule. And if it was the other way around and the Jets had scored on that, as Brisbane fans, you'd be teeing off if that yeah. wasn't called. And I can guarantee that if VAR wasn't in this it, it was invo- and it was a, just awarded as a goal and finished 2-2, there would be a small vocal corner of the internet absolutely blowing up about how there's some conspiracy of the FFA to help Brisbane out of their slice. <laughs> just like they're doing with Sydney FC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there certainly would have been a bunch of people calling for video referees for that sort of incident so I think and you can't you can't win either way yeah all right and so the raw needed to respond yeah there was the urgency like we talked no. about it before it was sporadic intensity it was all right got to get the ball back now what do we do there was a little bit of that and I honestly think you can trace a lot of that back to just the fact that everybody on the pitch the 22 players and the referee were just absolutely shaken by what happened with Ronnie Vargas and yeah, like there was some... Look, we have the rule on the show, don't blame the referee unless your team plays a perfect game, which the rule definitely did not. <laughs> but there were some very questionable calls there where I honestly don't know how Wayne Brown was still on the pitch after some of his challenges. That is true. But and then saying that a lot of the referees sometimes will be scared to pull out a red card in fear of what will happen from the <laughs> FFA and review panel. Oh, it does happen yeah. quite a bit. Sometimes they pull out a red card and they're like, oh, was it actually a red card or should I just, just give him another warning? Yeah, well, there was a last warning yeah. thing, and mm. well, he was clearly given like the last warning signal. Yeah. So, but yeah. to your point, there were very, it, there wasn't that usual build-up of multiple chances you'd expect of a team chasing a goal in the last ten minutes. Yeah, there were a couple of set pieces and crosses in, but I don't know about you guys. I never, I never thought they were going to score in that last ten minutes. I thought it could have gone twenty-eight minutes to stop each time. They still wouldn't have scored. I don't think they would have scored. It's just weird seeing this kind of roar. Like mm. usually, you see in the roar under Ange Postecoglou, the mm. ones who are urgent to finish the game. Those last five minutes are the deadly five minutes yeah. against Raw. They're the ones you never want to face. Even in last time. year. Even last yeah. year, actually. 
And like, I'm not going to say there's some sort of massive culture change in the playing squad because a lot of the team is still there. Sure, they have different attackers, but they've still got plenty of guys capable of it. I honestly thought the most likely one to score was Skepetis, who was fantastic in the second half when he came on. Possibly was, yeah. I do think he's kind of struggling with the pace of the A-League, even though he did play in that FFA yeah. Cup game. That was just one game out of how many preseason games they yeah. played. And despite all their preseason games, they were against NPL clubs, yeah. so it's pretty hard to determine how good he actually is. He did play for Stoke, so he's quite used Stoke, to... Yeah. Stoke under play. 23s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely not the bitter Arsenal fan. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, it was... You know, not great. There are a lot of frustrated fans after the game. Unfortunately, they were so frustrated they didn't want to come and talk on fans. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll once again say thank you to everyone that participated, and I think we'll call time on segment one. As Scott gestures here, (laughs) works so well. Yeah, I will get. I will get there one day. Don't worry. (laughs) All right, we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review.